A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com The future will be amazing, and that's all well and good. But what about today? You can feel the rush of a 400-horsepower Nissan Z. Or climb to new heights in the all-terrain Nissan Frontier. Light up the road in the all-electric Nissan Aria that feels like a sci-fi dream come true. The future will be great, but today is made for thrill. All you have to do is get in a Nissan and drive. 2023 Aria and Z not yet available for purchase. Expected availability is this spring for 2023 Z and this fall for 2023 Aria. Hurry into Mattress Firm's best Memorial Day sale ever. Get a king bed for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin and save up to $500 on Sealy. Plus, get a free adjustable base with qualifying Sealy purchases up to a $4.99 value. Or shop Tempur-Pedic, the most highly recommended bed in America, and save up to $500 on adjustable mattress sets in stock for immediate delivery. And get a $300 instant gift. Talk to a sleep expert today, only at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details. The Fearless Curious Soul, Goldilocks Productions presents The Deep Reading, <laughs> connecting you to your soul show. Hello, this is Suzanne Wyman, The Deep Psychic, connecting you to your soul, and welcome. Thank you for joining me today, and please think about the commentary, the conversation, the dialogue that unfolds between me and my guests, and think about how it relates to you, <clears throat> I want you to feel connected and know that if this conversation resonates to who and what you are, then you are a part of something greater than yourself. The universe is connecting to you, is answering your questions, and is responding to you. So I have a really great show today. I have a great conversation lined up for us uh, I want to take a little second here and do a little astrological update. So we have a series of retrogrades. We came out of Mercury retrograde. We're still in Venus retrograde, and we're in a Chiron retrograde. And Chiron is like kind of a more subtle energy, but it really is an important point that we just go through a series of retrogrades. And none of this, whatever is going on right now, um, it's just part of the process for creating a brand new, wonderful, healthy world. <clears throat> and we're so fortunate to be part of this process. This is where people um, have an opportunity to create something 
new and powerful and good in the world, and this is our opportunity. But these retrogrades continue until November, so we're just going to look at the process. We're going to be content about it. We're going to be accepting about it, and we're going to look at it as an opportunity. And so I've got a couple of people here that are going to have a conversation with me, and um, let's see if we have um, a guest from area code, I think it's 808. Hello. Hello, it's Janet and Dr. Sasha. Hi. Oh, Dr. Sasha, how are you? Excellent. So, and you? Oh, really good. So take take a cool. second here and introduce yourself. Okay. Um, uh, my name's uh, Sasha Lesson. I'm a professional anthropologist. Uh, I got a PhD from UCLA, and I'm a student of Zachariah. Sitchin, and what's uh, really the bug in my uh, bonnet right now is uh, the race relations, and because my studies have taken me to the very beginnings of our um, our race, our subspecies, and uh, it, we were brown and white from the get-go, and that's really important to know. Okay, um, where where are you living um, today in the world? We live in we live on Maui. Where we're oh, wow. locked down, and, uh, and we uh, and there's, there's there's no new cases, and life is re- relatively normal, but we wear masks and keep our distance. <laughs> okay, um, and you described your education, and you described the interest of your work. Um, but come on, tell us something fun about yourself. You're married to um, Janet. You're living on Maui, oh. and you're doing your life. But you told um, Janet shared in another conversation that you come from, your family settled in Torrance, California. Right. Yeah, it, it, Torrance, Torrance was, was a very a small a small town uh, when I, I moved there, maybe, you know, uh, 15,000, 20,000 uh, people back in uh, 1941. And... Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, then it was 200,000 people, and it was part of L.A. When I first moved there, I, I would take all these buses to go to the Griffith Park Observatory. Oh. It would take me two and a half hours. And then when then when I grew up and I got a car, it still took me that long on the freeway <laughs> to get to the same place. <laughs> and then you went to UCLA, and UCLA is, you know, I mean, it oh, is heaven. prestigious. Yeah. It, it was yeah. heaven. It was the best thing that ever happened to me. I, it, UCLA, you're not confined to the classes that you signed up for. You can walk into anything and listen to anything that's interesting. And the professors who sit during their office hours hoping somebody intelligent would come and talk to them, they just <laughs> sit there. And so if I'm, so I just, you know, I used every, uh, I loved UCLA. They had to make me leave. It was so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Um it's really interesting because today um, UCLA is, you know, it's in the heart of Westwood, and Westwood has grown up around it, so there's just nothing but all these skyscrapers, and you feel like you're driving into a tunneled area, and um, you get into the campus, and the campus now has been organized with the streets that there's one way in and there's one way out, and you really can't change that process because of the traffic around that campus is huge. I mean, just huge now. I spent um, almost a full, was it a full year? No, it was uh, it seemed like a couple of years, but it was probably like 
18 weeks I spent with a girlfriend who was waiting for a liver transplant. And I learned more about coming and going in that, that zone and how beautiful it was. But what a incredible educational mecca that spot has become for the entire world. So it's a great story to listen to you talk about when you went to college there and how it changed your thinking and it changed your world. Um, oh, it was, it was, you know, it was a little, it was called the village and everything was, there was nothing higher than in two stories or so. They all had little points, little, they had came to points. <laughs> oh, well, I'm telling you, today you would not recognize that zone. I mean, it's still really incredibly beautiful. And um, there is like one little section of it that is referred to as the village, but the rest of it is just, I mean, it's just huge. But um, so tell me where you, I, I was raised in Torrance. I was born at Torrance Memorial, and I was raised in Torrance. Oh, so was I. Wow, far out. That's where I'm <laughs> far from. Out. Yeah. <laughs> so um, my grandmother had a home um, off of the intersection of Hawthorne Boulevard and Del Amo Boulevard. Right across from Oh, wow. Wow. (laughs) Okay. And um, my mother was um, a person who liked to move. She still likes to move. She's um, a year older than you, and she still loves to move. And so she moves every – she used to move every six to eight weeks, and then finally she made it to every six months. But pretty much now she moves every two years and um, out of state, in state, buy a house, don't buy a house, makes no difference. My mother puts her shoes on and packs up and moves. So um, I lived all over Manhattan Beach, Hermosa Beach, um, Redondo Beach. And um, so, yeah, that's my, my story with that area. I know all the little little spots inside of there. But um, I have a lot of good memories of that area. It's an incredible suburb to live in. Yeah, I still go there. My sister lives in in Rancho Palos Verdes, and I'm a bicycle oh. guy, so I can I ride my bike from Rancho Palos Verdes all the way up to Sunset. Uh, you know, down there on the wow. beach, it's uh, just skaters and bicyclers and walkers, mm-hmm. and so you don't get run over. Wow, that is, I mean, truthfully, that is one long ride. You're in excellent condition. Wow, I mean, that's long. It's I less than you did that, honey. It, it, uh, it, it, it depends on whether which which bike I have, and uh, uh, it takes me a long time when I start from my sister's house because it's it's you know an hour before I even yeah. get down to the beach in Palos Verdes. Right. But I think I I do it in about two or two and a half hours. Um, wow! You know you've got to sort of zig in when you get down to the to uh, uh, the harbor and zig back out, but it, it go, keeps going and and as long and. It's distracting to you know go through Venice. You can't just drive through Venice. Right. You got to stop and take it in. It's just it's one of the most interesting places in the whole world. Wow! So I used to have a routine when somebody came to visit me. I was living in Santa Monica, and I lived in Santa Monica for um, I want to say it was more than fifteen years. But ah. it was I used to take people to this Mexican restaurant called La Cabana on the corner of Rose and Lincoln. And then I take them down to the Venice Boardwalk to see everything, you know. And I didn't think anything of it because that was my backyard. But then years later, a relative said to me, "They go, oh, you took us for some great Mexican food." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I love La Cabana." And then they said, "But then you took us down to the Boardwalk." And I was like, "Yes, yeah, the Boardwalk." 
But anyway, there was a guy down there who was a um, survivor of thalidomide, and he played drums with his feet because he didn't have any arms. And that freaked this person out. I was like, you know, that's just the culture of Venice because um, that's where my mother took me uh, to hang out, and she was part of the beatnik. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I mean, that was just, and my mother worked at the Insomniac Coffee House and uh, the Lighthouse and, you know, all those different spots. I'm sure you went to the Lighthouse. And, uh, 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 yeah, well, you know, I, I, was a, I was a beatnik, you know, I hung out in Positano's, mm-hmm. up, uh, if you know where that is. Uh, You know, uh, we basically uh, uh, were the generation that uh, stopped the Vietnam War. Right. Right. Yeah. Because it was wrong. So here's my here's my conversation here in in this. um, And and Sasha, you know, you've you've introduced yourself and everything else. But, um, you know, you have you have an area of expertise. There's an area of expertise that you're focused in on at this point in time in your life. Would you like to talk about that? You don't have to talk about it. It's up to you. Uh, I would love to. Yes. Yes. So, okay. so um, uh, especially in this time when uh, the uh, unfairness uh, uh, of our society has come home, especially how it hits people, uh, and basically we have a uh, a white oligarchy that's. Uh, controlling the wealth of this country and uh, and dissing everybody else uh, at, at least that's the the way the people that are dissed feel about it and when we when you look back at the ancient uh, Sumerian texts that uh, right. my teacher Zachariah Sitchin and I have looked at what we what you see is that um, through a series of genetic uh, adaptations these uh, the Anunnaki who are people from Nibiru who came to Iraq uh, and wind up digging gold in Southeast Africa. Their miners uh, uh, mutinied, and uh, instead they created a slave race, first with clones and then with breedables. And uh, so they did all kinds of things, uh, and the basic genetic infusion they gave to the Homo sapiens that they were, they're just big, tall people, uh, was of the ancestor of Bigfoot, which was known as Homo erectus, and they were attracted to Homo erectus because Homo erectus is in, intuitive, uh, is uh, telepathic, was letting animals out of uh, traps, and was really compassionate. And the head scientist, who uh, is called uh, Lucifer in the Christian Bibles, uh, said, you know, our race could use a little of that. We really could. We are so competitive. We have dominator consciousness. We kill Our royals kill each other. We had a thermonuclear war that made the hole in the uh, in the ionosphere that made us have to go get this gold from Earth to make into uh, white powder of monoatomic gold and float up into the atmosphere. That's why we're here in the first place. And the and and uh, so they made these they the scientists Lucifer and his uh, uh, sister Lilith and his son Toth took genes from Homo erectus. First, they tried uh, making babies with the with the. Uh, Bigfoot uh, ancestor woman, but that didn't work. Then they made one in a, in a, in a finally they did it in uh, equipment. They used minerals uh, in clay pots from uh, Africa, where they had a place in Zimbabwe where they were doing these experiments. And then they decided they needed the mitochondrial DNA. And uh, so Lilith had the first uh, of our uh, species. Um, 
she carried it. And the way this, they, they, they got to have this, this was a big fight between two brothers in the beginning. Uh, the boss, Yahweh, or Enlil, as he was called in those days, said, you know, we, we, you, you just can't uh, uh, make slaves. That's against the rules. And I said, oh, no, we're not going to make slaves. The scientists said, we're just going to make helpers. And so they appealed to their father, uh, King Anu, back on Nibiru. And he said, okay, you can make them, but just make clones. Don't make breedables. That was the deal. Well, they made them breedable anyway because they, that was what they wanted to do. And uh, that's so, But the first boy that came out of uh, Lilith was a brown boy. That's it said in the, in the ex- ancient text. He had, his skin was reddish brown, like, like the... Um, uh, like the, uh, I'm hearing some kind of. Thing. I'm, I, can we get Can we get Janet to take her phone call from the phone? Um, Sasha, is that Janet? Right. Um, <laughs> are you there, Sasha? Yeah, yeah I don't know what's happening. I, I just hear a bunch of talking, and, and I don't even that, know if I've been uh, recorded or anything. Is that is that Janet Hello? talking to somebody? No. No, we don't know what that is. So is someone on your phone or something? That's no. Me. Hold on. They may can hear me. Oh, Teresa. Oh, TJ, we can hear you. Oh, oh my, my God. How do I get on y'all's? What? How can y'all hear me? How can I they don't hear know. me? I don't know. You have this magic. is hi Janet, hi Sasha. What are y'all doing on my phone? <laughs> hi. What are we doing? Okay, uh, Tiffany. We're on a radio show, but I didn't know how. I don't know. The world's weird. Ask Sasha. Sasha will know. Sasha, why am I on your show? I don't have any idea. Okay, let me go to the other room. Oh, my God. All right, Stephanie's going through my... I'm sorry, Sasha, or, or, or Janet, or Suzanne. I don't know no, why. No, no, I, I, Did, no. We uh, couldn't figure out okay. what, what it was. All right, well, hi, well, everybody. Have... Uh, yeah, we do shows together, y'all. Uh, Suzanne, Janet, and Sasha. I, just, I hadn't talked to Sasha in at least a year. Happy birthday, Sasha. Hey. Oh, he um, left for a second. Damn um, it! Damn it! Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know how um, how it took and flipped you on because. Um, oh, you told me to call in but earlier, but I didn't do it. Remember, you told me she wasn't answering to call your phone, but I didn't do it. Okay, and so they um, the person, my producer, who's behind the lines, Teresa, says that uh-huh. your phone call is coming through one of our lines. Okay. So you're not you're not showing up on her board, so um, I have no idea how that's happening. But introduce. Did you tell her that Janet wasn't answering and to put me on? You must have told her I, to. I did. I told her that I was going to have both of you on. So. Oh, okay. Um, well, hi, Janet. We're both on the same show. Uh, that's so not new. That's old news. Okay. Hi, everybody. I'm Teresa J. Morris. I'm Janet's uh, partner in crime. Okay. <laughs> Leave it at that. Okay, really good. All right, and tell everybody what you do. Oh, we do radio shows together since 2012. She and I introduced the Ascension Age. I do books. I'm an author and producer and publisher, and she is too. And we uh, we decided to syndicate uh, Stargate to the Cosmos with she, 
Dr. Alexander Sasha Lesson. And uh, when I met them in 2017, we all agreed to help each other write and do things and promote uh, ancient cultures origin and alien contact organization. And she and I also have a UFO secret space. We have a lot of social media groups. So we're just out here helping people with different little clicks, you know, social media stuff. Now let's, let's see how Janet figures it. <laughs> let's, 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 um, I'm going to, I'm going to pause. I'm going to pause the conversation with you and then I'm going to come back to you at the end of the show. So listen in with us and then I'll bring you on in the last, um, 20 minutes of the show. How's that? Is that okay? great? But yeah, I'd like okay. to say hi to Sasha before he leaves. Okay. Great. I'll bring you on at the end, and uh, we'll go back to Janet and Sasha, and um, I'll bring you at the end to wrap up the conversation. Okay? Yeah, and apologize to him because we didn't know if Janet was coming on. I think that's what happened. But I didn't have anything to do with it, so I just heard you all yelling about I heard Sasha's voice saying something about somebody on, so I picked up the phone. (laughs) (laughs) That's all that happened to me on this end. Okay. You have have magic. You have magic. I I guess we all do, yeah. Yeah. We all right. All right. That. I'm gonna I'm, put me on. Uh, do I mute or do you mute? I don't understand. You can, you can mute. I'm gonna put you. I'm gonna on mute. After, okay. Mute. Okay. Mute. Okay. Okay. Muting. Muting. Oh, Janet, are you there? Janet? No. No, Janet. Hmm. Okay. So, um, let's see where she is. Okay. So. They dropped for a moment, but they'll be back. So um, it's a brand new group of people that I've been introduced to, and we have people that have become experts in um, understanding how uh, the UFOs work. I know nothing about it. When I listen to somebody who's an expert, I think, oh, my gosh, I know nothing. And I have studied um, the hieroglyphs of Egypt and the hieroglyphs of Samaria, and I guess Samaria is considered the first civilization in the world that actually had a written language. And their hieroglyphs, very little of it is left, and there's people that have become experts on studying the hieroglyphs of Samaria and Egypt. And then um, Dr. Sasha Lawson is talking about how uh, the UFOs took and populated the earth, and so it's a great conversation, and I'm looking for, okay, I'm look, they said that their call dropped, and I'm waiting for them to call back in, and I don't know. Okay. Huh. All right. Well, let's see if we can find Teresa, and I can do an interview with Teresa and bring her back on, and we'll just have to wait and see what unfolds. Okay. So um, let me see if Teresa is still on the line, and what can I do? And we'll just go from there. They unmuted me. I heard it say unmuted. Oh, good. Okay, Teresa. That must be your producer. She's pretty good. She's really good. So We may have to hire her ourselves (laughs) on our radio shows. (laughs) So you're... You're a psychic. You work as a psychic with me. Apparently. You are, you're a tarot card reader. And yeah. tell us what deck you read from. What deck do you read from? Oh, uh, two or three, just the generics. Uh, I couldn't tell you right now because uh, they stay in a rubber band for years, so I, I don't even know. But uh, I 
wish you hadn't asked that question. Can you ask me another one? <laughs> sure, sure. Okay. I'm not that so, psychic. No, no, no. You I'll are, have to go really look. Psychic. I threw those so, books, those uh, books in in the in the card boxes a long time ago. They went away. So, but yeah. basically, it's the same ones you see on all the YouTubes. Uh, you, uh, what do they call it? Rider weight deck. Of course, I have one of those as my mainstay. I use the Kabbalah. Yeah, that kind of. Writer, the writer, the writer weight deck was the first time that they took the uh, minor arcana and put it into a picture form. That was the very, very first time that that was done. Up until that point, the um, ride, the tarot deck was a archetype. Uh, deck and it was divided into two pieces the major and the minor arcana and you told me that your children knew that you did tarot cards because they picked who they were in the major arcana and the major arcana depending on who you are goes from zero to 22 so um that's the that's it and so there's the archetype pieces and it wouldn't matter if you studied Jung or you studied the Tree of Life, it would be a situation of where you would learn the archetypes. So that's the that's the writer weight deck, but you have a Kabbalah deck that you uh, from? Well I use the Tree of Life because I used to teach it in Hawaii years ago, but uh you're asking me technical questions that I've never been asked to be honest with you, because I used to teach, but uh, I can't remember because that was back in the 80s to 90s when I was on my spiritual journey in Hawaii. But uh, I do know that my children, uh, apparently, I think that story comes from, I thought, because folks, as we get older, we, you know, it's been 50 years, what can I say? You know, I'm going to be 69. But uh, what happened was, uh I was talking to Suzanne, and I, uh, Suzanne's opened my chakras up, everybody, to uh, explore. Uh, she was on a show with Janet, as a matter of fact, on another show we do on Friday nights. And uh, I wound up on the hot seat, which I wish Janet and Sasha were back on here. Uh, I don't know why they uh, fell off or whatever happened. But uh, during the time, uh, it made me remember things, and then I, re I started putting the dots together that, Wait, I didn't just start when I'm telling people I started in 84 because okay. uh, I was, before that, I had a life uh, before I did uh, readings in Houston and uh, went to Unity Church and the Gold Pyramid and met Stephen Halpern and, you know, we oh, I got wow. uh, ordained in the church, but it was uh, before that. So that's where that, what you're talking about came in was my children were with the first 13 years with my husband before I divorced him. And they said, no, Mommy, when you were, we, we, you were reading us, and, you know, Gigi that just passed away, my daughter, said, Mommy, you know, I was the hermit. And she became like a disgruntled hermit monk, you know, so, and she related to that. <laughs> and she could tell me, and I don't remember, but she told me what each of my other daughters picked. And I don't know if they remember, but she was the youngest. She was in, like seven years old. And she remembered that. So I was like, oh, my gosh, I was doing that in the Latter-day Saint Church, the Mormon Church. Oh, and then I started remembering all these horrors because they were like, came and got, you know, they were like, oh, my God. It's like, but they were, you know, they got some interesting things about extraterrestrials and collab and, you know, extraterrestrial right. stuff and, you, you know, all that, too. So, but I was just shocked. So it's funny that you brought that. Why did you bring that up? That's amazing. But, yeah, you helped me. uh 
find pieces I'd forgotten about myself. So what do you call that? That's something that you're really good at is helping people remember. remember what is that? Yeah, awakening their energy. So we used to refer to it as um, some people call it soul retrieval. Other people refer to it as um, regress regression therapy it's gone through different evolutionary cycles you know some people call it hypnosis i don't do a hypnotic technique which is the one where they take and they put you on an elevator or they take you down a staircase i don't do that method i um simply i simply key in to an individual's um points of their memory and then i guide them through the process but the important point to remember is that you know, you get your own dates, your own time, your own place, and your own, um, it's your memory. And so you bring it up when you're ready to look at it. And I I have, you know, thank God I don't even try and do that anymore. But earlier in my life, somebody would tell me I had a trauma, and I would figure out where the time point in the trauma was, and I would guide them to that point. And if they aren't ready to look at it, they would just, they just wouldn't see anything. I would take them to the time, the place, the individual, and they would see nothing. So those memories and those uh, memories inside of your chakras only come up if you are ready. There's no way to force an individual to look at memories if they don't want to look at them. And so that is the interesting point. I think sometimes people forget about that. I read a lot of books on soul retrieval, and I don't, it's just not my it's just not my focus. I don't focus on it that way. I just focus on it that you have memory of everything that ever happened in your life. And if you have somebody who's uh able to do it, they can guide you into those memories and then you remember things that you had forgotten or not looked at in a really long time and the energy that you get from it and how you're freed up from that process is amazing. So, well, I remember my children picking picking cards for themselves because we did it over and over, and it stuck in Gigi's mind because she said, "Mama, every time we'd pick the same cards," and I was always impressed with that when I used. I believe that was a big part of why I started using tarot, because when I was practicing as apparently a young mother in my twenties, I uh, was learning the synchronicity of it, serendipity behavior, or the law of probability of picking. You know, even logical, and I was very scientific being an investigator, right, a PI. Right. So it was very strange to me that this worked for me. So I just, I knew that I had uh, ESP and was psychic and that, uh, you know, I had people seem to be interested in me for that reason or being able to tell from my gut whether somebody was lying or not. But, you know, it turns out my nervous system was just... I was always hypersensitive, <laughs> like right. we all are right now with this COVID-19. We're all hypersensitive, like, stay back six feet, please, you know. But I just, right. uh, I, I know now a lot more. But when you're young, it was very important to have those. And apparently, my children remembered mommy doing that, you know, because I was wow. like a studying metaphysics and esoterics and tools. So. Interesting that has has Janet and Sasha got back yet? Like, did you give them the yeah. phone number to call in? I did. Yeah, I did. So it's you and me, and okay. don't even, don't even. We're just going to go forward. So, you know what? You have um, you have a lot of years of being a journalist. So, talk about how you. I mean, you're 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 a publisher. You're a journalist. 
artist. Um, you're somebody who's interested in capturing stories and then publishing these stories. So you have an interesting, uh, you've had an interesting career, an interesting life. You've done so many different things. Choose anything that you want to talk about, Teresa, and uh, we'll just talk about it. Well, uh, okay, let's talk about the Ascension Age because that seems to be my purpose and message here. Apparently, that uh, I sent you a little deal that I found on UFO Digest from 2010 where I was declaring uh, 12, 21, 12, and 11, 11, the, the day we would begin. And I had no clue about the law of one in uh, Louisville and all of that, but I was working on the same frequency with uh, the old, uh, what do they call it, Kabbalion and, and uh, law of one uh, through the University of Louisville. And Jim Elkins, I think was his name, and Carla, and I can't ever remember her name, uh, last name, and uh, Jim McCarty. Do you remember Carla's name? But she was the actual channel. She died September 2015 right in Louisville. But she was the actual channel. And I, I know that I went through my channeling stage, but I didn't really believe in it that much because of Edgar Casey being the sleeping prophet. But all right. of that stems now into the Ascension Age because we we adopted the universal source has allowed us to find symbols patterns and words to match the reality that we're all creating together in what uh, we've learned to talk in densities uh, and dimensions and following along with quantum physics is science grows, we grow with our ontology, I guess one might say. So uh, I found that the ascension age for me was my calling election made sure on this planet because I was looking to ascend or use ascension for my own individual self, but we're all about being in service to self and others. And as long as you're 51% in service to others, they say, like a lot of people don't know, they don't have to be Christians or Muslims or Jews or atheists or any of that. That's why I went along with the ascension uh, philosophy. It's, uh, the law of one is a philosophy. So uh, I just like that, and I'm working on that, hopefully with you now, because we don't know how else to be talking to each other without words. And I, I sort of stay in a metaphysical realm. Uh, is spirituality not religious? Is what a lot right. of people say. <laughs> but, but, yeah, that's that's good. That's really good. So so spirituality. Um, you know, embraces everything, and we look at the concept of people's connections to God, and we just view it as a situation of where people are seeking to create a relationship with God, and we don't see it as um, a religious process where there's a, you know, a method in order to connect to God. We just see that people's. I mean, I see, I see God, and I see life, and I see the process of, you know, what is my relationship with God to unfold on a day-by-day basis. But a lot of people, um, you know, they have to have a logical explanation for it. So spirituality is all-embracing, and that's sort of the idea. I don't, I mean, I love, personally, I happen to really enjoy the saints that come out of the Catholic Church because I love how they documented their miracles and what they consider to be miracles. Um, and, And how... They're very comfortable with the manifestation process. Like there's a saint, and it's called Little Teresa. And the way she gives you a message is that she leaves you a flower. 
And what's so funny is is that, you know, we think of we think of the religious process, which is a good religious process in many ways, and to hear somebody talk about it and they say, Well, you know, when you get a message from uh the saint little Teresa, she leaves you a flower and they are totally accepting of that. No questions asked. And for me personally, as many times as I've prayed to her, I have not ever received a flower, but the smell of a flower will show up when she has a message to give me. So I personally really like the saints and how um, they're documented and what their miracles are and how accepting that process is. So I can look at each sort of spiritual, religious process and see the part that is very positive, very powerful, and that is really good. So... um, Spirituality is embracing, and that is sort of my focus. And this is a great moment in our world, Teresa, when you think about it. It's a great moment for people to connect to something much deeper than themselves and to be involved in this um, process where they take and they um, can expand and they can try something brand new. But technology has become really powerful. So you are somebody who's a technology um you're somebody who has some interesting skills with technology. And Well, I um, used to be. Not so much anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I can't okay. even, I can I don't even know how I got on your show. <laughs> it seems to be the universe has a, a mood all of its own. I, I'm really believing more and more in uh technology as far as how it handles our day to day operations because I really have not put in the uh due diligence on these cell phones, these smartphones, which I wished I had. I didn't realize how in sync they were, which apparently you've proven to me again today with Janet and Sasha. And I hope we didn't hurt their feelings by them not calling back in. I'm really concerned because they're good friends and I love them both. But I don't know how that happened. But, yeah, technology is uh, the way of the future AI, we can't deny it. It's, it's who we are in the future. In some arenas in the spiritual world, we believe that uh, we're already doing that because I don't know if you listen to science festivals or whatever. I'm really into yeah. science or quantum physics, but uh, I also okay. listen to Eric Tully, which you know your husband, Richie Rich, is all about, right? He, he listens right. to, which you just told me. I- I love Eckhart Tolle. He's so interesting. I mean, well, if, I, if it wasn't for technology, right? If it wasn't right. for technology, I wouldn't know who he is or was or is. He's still alive, right? He's. I'm saying, yeah, he's, I don't even know. <laughs> no, 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 he's still alive. And Eckhart Tolle, um, when I listen to his material, I have to listen to it again and again and again. But, He's on YouTube, and when you listen to it, he has some really straightforward, simple explanations. And um, periodically, I think it's like every two years, he comes into this part of Southern California, and he does um, a lecture, and he accepts questions. But his whole theory is about, is about people becoming fully conscious and not operating from an unconscious state. So um, I really... I really love his work, but it's a lot of, I have to listen to it very closely. I'm not somebody who's a real quick study of his work. I have to really listen to it closely. But what an amazing uh, spiritual leader Eckhart Tolle is. It's, it's an inspired sort of process. And 
you've listened to The Power of Now, right? I don't know. I just know that without technology, I couldn't have heard Eckhart Tolle. But uh, as far as some of his lectures, are you? is that one of the names of his lecture? Or I haven't read any books. No, I haven't read. I'm behind on my book reading, as probably everybody that's listening, because we've gone at such a, an advancement of YouTube that I track YouTubes now like I used to read books. And I still have lots of books. I've noticed everybody that... Uh, you and I talk about always have books in their background from remote view, right? <laughs> On television, CNBC, CNN, ABC, CBS, and all of that. The, when you're at home, we have our bookshelves we're proud of. So we usually put our, you know, okay, we're let's sit in, front, in our office or let's sit in front of our books. So I'm very much a book reader, and I would love to read that, uh, The Power of Now. There's many books I want to read, but uh, okay. that point is, you, you brought it up in technology, but my point was there's so much good spirituality or people out there that have lived and are willing to share their experiences that we personally would, I, I didn't even know what Eckhart Tolle or how you spell it or how you say it, you know, and so, right. and I'm a visual person, uh, as a psychic, I see videos in my head, so uh, I don't know, I prefer to see things in my head and I saw it, so uh, I think it's a wave of the future with technology as we're going not only audio but video. But I think we'll always have our radio because so many people don't really want to be out there on the tube, so to speak, on the YouTube right now until we have a whole bunch of YouTubes <laughs> right. for individuals. But, so it, it is, okay, so like it used to be you had to go and buy a book and then you read the book, and if you wanted to look something up in the book, you had to go get the book, and you had to take and find the information. Now they take and they do the books, and they do them on an Audible. And then Eckhart Tolle's work of The Power of Now is on YouTube, and it's also in a CD series. And then, so now people oh. are taking their books. They put them onto CDs, and you listen to these books, which is easier. But here's my problem with it. I have to take and have a book to go back to and be able to look it up because I I have a great memory and I used to be able to memorize books, but I forgot a key point. I have to be able to take and remember what it is that I'm focused in on. So I memorized Joy's Way, which is Brew Joy's book, and that's that's considered kind of an old, you know, book, but I used to memorize books, and then I thought, this is ridiculous. All I have to do is remember what tangent is inside of a book, and then when I go to the book, I pull it out, and then I find the piece of um, verification or the words to a thought or a premise that I have, and I did it that way. Well, now, here's the great, the great difficulty. I don't have any place to put out all the books that I've learned, memorized, and worked with because there's, there's not enough. Um, like you said, we put them out on the bookcase, and so, I don't know, I've got to come to another solution about memorizing this material. But here's the interesting thing when you think about it, Teresa, is, is that books or a written language has always been um, the defining process in how a um, civilization was remembered. And people that had an oral history, we don't necessarily know what their story is. So we've always placed more emphasis on a, a civilization having its written history. But the radio, the radio is really a person sharing their oral history. And 
it's equally as valid. It's just not as well understood in Western culture. Well said. So oral history and oral books, and I do pride myself on doing oral books with my two-hour shows, and then we'll – I had Jan Aldrich with it. Uh, we have a UFO association with people all over the world that are actual people that were researchers, historians. He's literally a historian. He worked 50 years for the government and is retired now like I am. And, you know, we just didn't have anything to do, so we kept going with UFO research or downs or people that saw them or things like that. So we have people all over the world that collect that. And then Stanton Friedman has passed. A lot of our old uh, beings that helped us start this in my reality since 47 is retired. So we're uh, carrying on the torch, so to speak. But I promised Stanton I would keep it up. And I also pro- promised uh, well, Jesse Marcel third, but I, the second and the first, actually. And then I also promised... Uh, George Filer with Filer's Files, and one other person who was, oh, J. Allen Hynek. Yeah, J. Allen Hynek. And then Dr. Bruce McAbee. So those are the ones on my team. And, oh, Don Berliner. But Don, uh, I told him I'd keep him in the loop, but I have sort of keep forgetting him and don't call him like I used to. Don Berliner. But there's a lot of people that were in the beginning of the UFO history. So it's a history in itself. So the people... And it's sort of like the fallen soldiers or the old soldiers never die. They just pass away. But the historical archives, we don't have enough money in the in the uh, business of the government to keep all the arch- um Oh, what I used to do. What was what was I? Uh, I was in Navy Federal. Let's see. What did I do? Oh, oh they called it microfishing. I don't know if you ever – people may remember, but we used to take hard copy and we'd take a Kodak machine. I think I don't even think Kodak's in business anymore. But there's a lot of history that's just going to be forgotten if we personally, our baby boomers, don't file it, you know, in, in the archives. So these oral histories are the quickest way because Jan and I realized we don't have enough time left. He got cancer. My daughter was dying of cancer. We don't have the time, so now we're hurrying up and doing oral books. But he gave me as many names as he could, and then what I'm going to do is link his uh, you know, website. It's called uh, something 1949. Great. Okay. I'm getting old, folks. Uh, but just look up no. Jan Aldrich. It'll take it take you to his uh, UFO. Uh, one of his that he did with. Uh, he got some money from MUFON Mutual UFO Network and uh, Na- uh, what was the other? There was two other groups. And I know uh, Bigelow. You know, we've got the new space race. Uh, to get uh, to mine minerals on the moon. But who was that? Bigelow, Robert Bigelow, right? He's working in space. So uh, Bob was going around collecting all the data. I've got, I've got you on a good tangent. It takes me a couple of minutes to get you keyed in. So okay. It does. It just, you know, um, yeah, it's, a, it's kind of an interesting process. So when I talk to you, I can see what you see. I can... I can I can see what you're fishing for. I'm not familiar with your territory. I am no way an expert huh. on this. But me either. I'm not an expert on anything except dying, <laughs> ascended master stuff. <laughs> I can do Avatar, the movie Avatar. I can live that. I've lived that. <laughs> Just didn't have a tail, but I, I can do that. <laughs> but when we take you and we bring you into the concept of collecting people's oral history because – um, there's a project in Atlanta, Georgia, 
where they have set up a museum. And in the museum, you can take and go in and make an appointment, and you interview somebody that you want to record their story. And Atlanta, Georgia, and it's, um, it's a group of museums, and they've set up this project, and it's a sound booth. I went to see it. We were, uh, my husband and I were um, in Alabama painting a wedding, and I wanted to go to um, Atlanta, Georgia, which is where my great-grandmother was born and raised and went to college. So it's, um, it's just a museum just for putting together a story, and it's ordinary people that come in and book an appointment with somebody that they want to record their story. And so oral history recordings, um, Teresa, are just as important as any other type of um, historical documentation. And that's what you're, you're involved in, in interviewing people and talking to them. And some of those stories you have taken and written. So it takes an amazing amount of work in order to put this together. And that is what you're involved in. And so when I have this conversation with you, you're telling a portion of your story and the different things that you've done in your life. And you are somebody who is part of the historical part of the UFO movement. Isn't that isn't that part of your story? I mean, I haven't talked to you about this part, so I don't actually know this part of the story. Well, uh, yeah, I had out-of-body near-death experiences, which I thought were more God, heaven, church, angel-like. But the story goes with extraterrestrials and reincarnation and the you know, our new age and ascension age is that, well, we all are doing this. We were just under a spell. You know, I was telling you, well, you've got a spell on you, you know, but the biggest one is that we're the only planet with life forms. So that's the spell we're under. So now we're, the ascension age is about awakening and allowing people to understand that we're not just on this planet. We're on many planets and many galaxies and many universes. So uh, you know, it's sort of like Columbus. We're at that special age in the Ascension Age where we're waking up to the fact that, oh, you mean we're not the only continent? Oh, my gosh, you know. <laughs> so we're in our little ship crossing over to the United States with Columbus. Or if you want to go up towards the Nordic region or Norwegians, however you want to go with that Minnesota Viking story, <laughs> you know, discovering America, I don't care. But, it's, you know, whatever, whatever is part of your culture, part of your thinking, but we're trying to wake up to those rooms in your mind that in the past, the DNA or the, uh, what, what do they call it, in your genome maybe, your, you know, your epigenetics, memory. yeah, and over your genetics may not allow you to think like that. So, yeah, and I promised these people that I would stay in it while, uh, because I was doing it, but I wasn't allowed to. Uh, undercover, you know, you, you understand what I'm saying when you're undercover, right. well, under, it's, I had assured confidential investigative reports and the whole name of my business is assured confidential, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I have those stories, but those were for individuals that were paying for my time and my effort to put in and just get the facts, ma'am, you know, sort of a dragnet kind of thing. Then, then on top of that was the J. Allen Hynek meeting on the airplane and he, uh, I think he came with me from Lowry Air Force Base, and I met a German man in Lowry Air Force Base in Colorado, which is over there where Gaia is now, somewhere in Colorado. So Gaia and that company has picked up a lot of things, but Bigelow did too, Robert Bigelow. But my thread 
how I got into it was with J. Allen Hynek and the government. But apparently you're discovering that it was it's a lot deeper than I thought it was. I thought it started with me on Lowry Air Force Base being trained to look at things, planes or other than planes. We call them Earth uh, objects are not of Earth. Uh, okay. How do we say that? Does that make sense? Not of Earth yeah. objects. Not mm -hmm. right. Oh, not, uh, Earth origin, not of Earth origin. So, uh, and then I, uh, Jay Allen Honeck accompanies me on a plane and makes me think it's a coincidence. But now okay. what we're doing is discovering all my serendipity synchronicities with Deborah DeFranco, uh, Suzanne Wyman Flynn, and Janet Carol Lesson, uh, and uh, Karen. Karen's a part of this too. Karen uh, Gresham Nichols. So we did those shows, and it's like, oh wow. So I'm just as much like everybody else. You think you're awake and aware because you're spiritual. But there's the body talking to you that has been able to hide something. We don't understand the brain, so we're all studying conscious mind, body, spirit, and how it all works together, right? So right. you became important because you have the way to discover what you call the soul something. I wished I had it. I was just here as the messenger for Ascension Age, and you're here soul uh, to help people like me when I'm both human and extraterrestrial know it. And you blend right. it together. <laughs> we, bring, we bring out the memories. And so um, so the interesting thing is that when you do the work and you help somebody see those memories, and it only works if you're ready to look at the memories, is that your energy, your vitality, your ability to be awake and to be more functional returns. So when you actually look at how the brain works and the neuro net that forms, we used to say that, if you got to a certain age, there was no way to form a new, a new neural net. We used to say that was it. And then somebody said, well, okay, maybe that's true, maybe it's not. Why don't we just try? And surprise of surprises, you can form a new neural net at any point in time in your life. And so memories are connected. And people always say, well, if it takes more parts of your <clears throat> of your senses to do something, the better your memories are. So that's why, like, riding a bike never goes away. You have to be able to balance. It takes your hands. It takes your feet. It takes everything inside of your body in order to ride a bike. So Right, and it's not just your motor nerves. It, it, not just right. your motor nerves, but there's nerves on your heart. There's, you know, there's all types of brain, neuro, gut, brain. It's not just your brain memory. It's your gut memory. Right. But so, keep going with that so thread. What, so, so what we do is is that we try and get people to understand that if so, when I took and I took you through those memories, which you were completely ready to do, all of the energy that had been blocked sort of came forward, and you had a sense of freedom in that process. So, but she made me feel like it was okay and that it was uh, time or something, which I didn't yeah. know because nobody ever asked me. So, you know, they say he who asks the question knows the answer, but I didn't know I knew the answers. And I, uh, But you are a good facilitator, so whatever you do or whoever your teachers were, whatever you learned. I went through Dr. Laura's session and a guy that started Holodynamics and, of course, uh, inner workings. And uh, I never took remote viewing where they put something in envelope and, make you guess it or anything. I was just looking for understanding. I had psychic abilities. 
but I didn't do the Army research. I was one of the psychics on the Stargate Project with Jane. We were the ones out on the civil side looking at the people in the circle at the Army or in the office back at Fort Meade at the desk, you know, looking at them. So we were the psychics being used to spy on the psychics. <laughs> If that makes any sense. Yeah, that's the thing. Okay, so I um, let's see what time is it? I've lost track of my time. Okay, we're down to our final six minutes. An hour goes by super fast, Teresa. It's just like we just start talking about the things I want to talk about, and it's time to wrap up the show. So here's so here's the theory on how our mind works. None of the memories ever go away, and I was taught on how to take and retrieve prenatal memories, but I think I have kind of a remarkable memory just to begin with so I could learn these things, but I have full memory of, of my dream state, and I have memory of being in utero and dreaming and the awareness that I was a spirit that had been brought into a body. So they say that, that that means something. I never knew that it meant anything, but um, they say it's the awareness of consciousness. So if you have... Yeah, I agree. Shows, okay, okay. So I agree with that philosophy. Somebody, so somebody can show you how to get your memories, because once I touch onto a memory... I don't know what other memories within you are associated with that memory that I take you through, and then the process just unfolds. So I've had. But then it feels work. like you do a. It feels like you buy you mind meld as a, like a Vulcan, you know. I want you to give Dr. Sasha Lesson another chance, folks, because his book is his Anunnaki books and his work with Dr. Sasha lesson is so important, but yours is too, but I believe you're just coming into yours with this radio show you're doing with Goldilocks and then working with me too, and I hope they don't mind if you pass your beautiful knowledge around because you're really good at it, and I want to you know, explore that with you, but I think Janet and Sasha deserve an hour of your time separately so people can hear their wonderful stories, but not together. Janet needs her own show with you, and so does Sasha. But you have this beautiful ability to uh, bring out the soul level. Uh, we've got to come up with a name for that because this isn't like Janet's uh, interpersonal relationship, transpersonal psychology stuff. This is, and I believe she knows that. But Dr. Lesson took something around the world, and I don't think he had a chance to discuss that. He's brilliant. I love him. He's the most compassionate, fun-loving and they like to say they're old hippies, but they did a lot of television up and down the coast of California, and they helped a lot of couples. They're very good at inter-counsel, what do they call it, interpersonal relationships, especially marital counseling. But he's also helped some of my veterans. I call them mine because I relate to veterans. I identify as a Navy right. veteran, but I help the VA and AMVETS. So he helps my people through the veterans, and they'll occasionally send him one through our government. So he's on that list of excellent master psychology university UCLA people that can help so, people find their pain. So, Teresa, tell people how they can learn about you and how they can look you up. Listen, tonight, with, uh, with, no, uh, with no, no, you, no, 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 uh, tonight. No, no, no. Let's, let's no. Do, do, do. <laughs> yes, I'll, yes, we'll do that another time. Talk, talk, talk about how they can read about you. So my point with talking about the memories, I'm going to do it 
as quick as I can, is that once I touch into those memories, I don't know where those memories go inside of a person and they go lateral. And I've done this work on myself where memories unfolded for a full year afterwards. And so you touch into these memories and you, you take and you look at them in a different way and it unfolds and unfolds and it unfolds for a long time. But the trauma is removed and the perspective is gained. So people hide memories and thoughts from themselves because of trauma. And what I'm able to do is to guide them back to those memories and to see them in every single perspective, gain the awareness, and then once they touch those memories, it's like what you said to me, you go, I hadn't thought about that in years and I remembered the following. So that's how the process unfolds. I don't have a name for it. It used to be called regression and i every you know things change we used to call it esp and now we call it intuitive things evolve and change but i want you to tell people how they can read about you i want you to talk about one of your web pages and how they can get familiar with you and your work which is extremely important today oh the ascension age books uh Books by Teresa with an H, Teresa, T-H-E-R-E-S-A, J initial Morris, M-O-R-R-I-S. I was born Teresa J. Thurmond Morris, so some books may be out under T-H-U-R-M-O-N-D. You can find me on UFO Digest, some of my articles for free. Uh, books by Teresa J. Morris on Amazon or Lulu. You can go to TeresaJMorris.com. Uh, my name, TeresaJMorris.com. And then I do radio shows on Blog Talk Radio from T.J. Mars ET Radio, and anybody else that wants me to help them uh, come on and share open resource, because that's what... I'm an archivist historian, and I love people, and Suzanne is helping me do some psychic readings tonight on our show together, which just happened to be... Uh, we were both psychics, so she <laughs> thought it'd be a lot of fun, and I've been doing it, so I had a following for about eight years, but they were like, oh boy, she's back after a year or two, because I just drop off the face of the earth, but Suzanne discovered me again. Between Janet and Suzanne discovering me, it's been a lot of fun. So, uh, you know, I guess just stay in touch with Suzanne. Suzanne's wonderful and making a lot of new friends, so you're quite the social Aww. networker on LinkedIn and you can find Suzanne Wyman Flynn, but she goes by Susan Wyman, right, on LinkedIn, because that's where the professionals will find you, right, LinkedIn. So, so I give people my phone number. It's area code 714-400-7384. And um, you're welcome to come, um, everybody who's been listening. It's a Thursday show, and it's once a week. And you've been listening to Suzanne Wyman and Teresa Thurmond Morris, talk about the spiritual world and ufos thank you so much and join us again it's been great and i'll talk to you all very soon have a great day make it happen and we'll talk to you next week bye-bye become a goldilocks productions vip patron receive exclusive access to live stream special and other epic perks join the goldilocks productions vip community today Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.